0: Wasabi Wallet, unfairly private. What is up, everyone? I am Ben with the BTC Sessions, and this is your daily session. Huddle that BITCOIN Before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to sponsors of the show, Ledin.io. This is where you can use your Bitcoin for a variety of different services. They of course have their Bitcoin back loans. This is where you can use your Bitcoin as collateral to get a Canadian or US dollar loan. So if you're in a pinch, you need dollars and you don't want to buy, uh, you don't want to sell your Bitcoin because one, that's taxable and two, you're worried about buying back in at a higher price point. This could be for you. Basically deposit Bitcoin, get dollars in your account within 24 hours when you pay that back you get back the exact same amount of Bitcoin. They also have their Bitcoin and USDC savings accounts with interest rates of up to 11.7% annually paid monthly. And they have their B2X offering that uses the same loan mechanism to instantly buy more Bitcoin, effectively doubling your Bitcoin on the spot. Now they have a promo right now going on to the end of the month. So just a few days left on this. But if you're looking at B2X, you've been curious about it, uh, you can get a 2% bonus, which basically Nixes the admin fee, and that will get credited back into your USDC account. um, So you can earn interest on that or withdraw it or do whatever you want with it at that point. So if you're looking into that then that could be an attractive thing for you. If you want to check out and anything they do, there's a link in the show notes down below. You click that, you opt to get a loan. You will get also 50 bucks worth of Bitcoin for free. So be sure to check them out. Now, secondly, we of course have Crypto Cloaks. These guys are so awesome. I love it. I've got a node case on the way so that I can create a new how to run a node video. And it's custom and it looks so sweet. I'm super stoked. They teased it online the other day, but it should be here soon. Anyways, these guys, a bunch of awesome Bitcoiners, got together, got some 3D printers, started pumping out. Awesome swag. Of course, they've got their node cases, I just said. They have shelving units where you can uh, store your hardware wallets. They've, of course, got sleeves for hardware wallets, coasters, tons of awesome things, even night lights, a little bit of everything for everyone. Check them out. Incredible stuff. Also, if you want a discount, use the code Sessions, all one word. You'll get 5% off. I can't recommend these guys enough. So, uh, kudos. Love working with these guys. And finally, we have. The Kobo Vault. Actually, I was just playing with it before I uh, jumped into doing this video. Anyways, uh, Kobo Vault, I've done a full walkthrough video on how to use this thing. I love it because it's air-gapped. It's moved into my regular rotation of hardware wallets. Uh, I use it quite regularly now. Anyways, air-gapped, meaning that all transactions are done uh, without plugging the thing into any internet connected device. Everything is done via QR code and that keeps your seed or your backup or your the keys to your money effectively safe and offline. Now, I also love they have a, uh, a secure element in this thing. They have Bitcoin only firmware, which I highly recommend. Firmware is open source. And of course, one of my favorite things is the interoperability interoperability between the Kobo and all of my favorite wallets. Of course, you can run it with Core, you can run it with Electrum, but I use it regularly with Wasabi, which is my go-to desktop wallet, and I use it regularly with Blue Wallet, which is my go-to mobile wallet. So that, for me, sold. So if you want to check them out, of course, there's a link in the show notes down below. And actually, they're doing a giveaway, as always, uh, for the next couple of months here until the end of november we're giving away the kobo tablet plus all you need to do is hop on twitter retweet this show tag myself and kobo and just let us know why you want one of these this seed plate can be a backup for any wallet that you have but it stores your uh, backup phrase in solid steel so with that let's dive into the show so I wanted to start today on the Clark Moody dashboard, which gives you just a ton of data about Bitcoin and the Bitcoin blockchain and markets and everything. Um, and I wanted to draw attention to one thing in particular, which is that that we are at block 649,973. You might be wondering what the hell that even means. Basically, those that are relatively new to Bitcoin, Bitcoin uh, pumps out a block of new Bitcoin transactions that are added to the Bitcoin blockchain roughly every 10 minutes. And so, this is a measure of how many blocks have ever been created on the Bitcoin blockchain, how many blocks of transactions long it is. Um, but something special is happening at block 650,000. So, in uh, what, in about 27 blocks. So it may have already happened by the time this airs, but we'll see, we will see. Maybe I'll air this a little early, just in case. Anyways, at block 650,000, there is going to be the largest coordinated audit of the Bitcoin blockchain and how many Bitcoin exist I, that I assume has ever been done. And so what people are doing and why this is happening, this is an old article from back in August, but back in August, there was some drama around auditing the supply of Ethereum. Pierre Richard began to ask if anybody could actually tell him how many Ethereum currently exist. A lot of people pointed to centralized sources that give numbers, but he said, no, 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 I want you to verify it yourself. I want you to run the numbers on your own node and find out how many there are, and let's cross-reference and see if anybody gets the same answer. And nobody did get the same answer, which drew into question, well, who are you trusting to run those numbers for you, which kind of pointed out the lack of auditability with Ethereum, or at least the difficulty in doing so for regular people, and the ease with which an individual running a Bitcoin node can do so, uh, which then spurred this. Um, Basically, the idea was at Block 650,000, coordinated uh, uh, across the network, anybody running a node that wants to partake can audit Bitcoin, At that block, see how many Bitcoin exist, and then compare the numbers. Basically, run the numbers, compare them. Don't trust, verify. And so, I'm going to quickly show you how to do this. So, I run my node, and so I'm I'm not starting right from the main uh, the main. I guess, dashboard of my node, but effectively, if you go into Bitcoin, there's a little Bitcoin app. You go in there and then you click on a button that says CLI. It brings you to this. Okay. Now um, I've already run the numbers. I just did this as a test previously, but I just want to show you how to do it in here. So really all you need to do there's a simple command and you type it and you hit enter but to find that command if you don't want to risk screwing it up you just type help here and you hit enter this is going to give you a list of possible things you could type and so what you're looking for if you scroll to the very top there's a section that says blockchain okay and you look down the list and there's a a, a command that says this one is called get tx out set info, okay? And all you need to do is copy it, paste it down below and hit enter. And now your node, I'll scroll to the bottom. I just put that in and hit enter. My node now needs to do some calculations that needs to check the data and see a a lot of information about Bitcoin and how many exist. We will get that number in a minute. I'm gonna drag this uh, all the way to the end. It would be very similar if you're running Bitcoin Core. You can go into the command line and type the exact same thing, let it do its thing for a few minutes, and you will get an answer back as to how many Bitcoin exist. So we'll come back to that a little bit and see just kind of how easy it was to just type something and hit enter. Okay, let's move into uh, some uh, bullish news. So this from the Bitcoin Times or BTC Times, again, uh, technical and fundamental fundamental evidence hint Bitcoin is at early bull stage. So according to Philip Swift, a Bitcoin analyst and creator of lookintobitcoin.com, sufficient technical and fundamental evidence hint Bitcoin is at an early stage of a bull market. Swift cited the spent output profit ratio or SOPR indicator of Glassnode to suggest a bullish trend might soon materialize. The optimistic Technical indicators coincide with strengthening fundamentals. As the BTC Times reported, Bitcoin's hash rate and mining difficulty of the Bitcoin of Bitcoin recently hit a new all-time high, indicating an overall positive market sentiment. So, using on-chain data, the SOPR indicator evaluates the market sentiment by analyzing addresses on the Bitcoin network. If the SOPR rise value rises above 1, this means Bitcoin investors are sitting on profits. But if the SOPR value falls below 1, it shows that people are underwater on with their holdings. When investors sell Bitcoin at a loss, especially after a strong extended rally, it could indicate that weak hands are being shaken off. It might also show that investors are reluctant to sell Bitcoin at a loss during a bull trend because they expect prices to increase. From March 13th to August 17th of this year, the price of Bitcoin rose from $3,596 to $12,500 on BitMEX. Following the 250% rally within merely six months, Bitcoin pulled back from 12.5 dollars to 10.3. dollars The minor correction of around 17.6% could have caused weak hands and led to some retail investors to sell, resulting in the SOPR to drop. But analysts often argue that investors selling at a loss could mark the start of an accumulation phase, as it means some investors are capitulating, Swift explained. SOPR is dipping below one right now. In bull markets, this is a by the dip opportunity. I believe there is sufficient technical and fundamental evidence to suggest we are in the early stages of a bull market right now. Uh, so the researchers at Glassnode also explained that SOPR could drop below one regularly during bull markets. The quote here says, during bull runs, the market quickly corrects prices which drive the SOPR value below one, i.e. prices which mean people are selling at a loss. This is likely due to increased confidence that prices will continue to rise during a bull market, so it would be irrational to sell at a loss when gains are imminent, the research Uh, the researchers noted. So this is all predicated on whether or not we're actually in a bull market. Um, You know me, I'm always very, very bullish uh, long-term and I I try not to time ins and outs, I just gradually accumulate. But um, this SOPR indicator, if it was a bear market and it was below one, it's, uh, you know, it's going to keep continuing to be below one because lots of selling is occurring. But in a bull market where you're kind of in a, an extended bull rally, those dips and the are going below one could indicate a good time to accumulate a little bit more. So we shall see. Again, uh, DCA is your friend, dollar cost average, because then you kind of take the emotion out of it. But uh, interesting to see nonetheless. Now, moving on here to another story from Cointelegraph. Uh, They're talking about Bitcoin versus gold, the ratio there. It just snapped out of a three-year bear market, okay? So, Bitcoin may soon decouple from traditional assets, says statistician Willie Wu, as a key gold relationship breaks out of a long-term downtrend. In a tweet on September 25th, Wu forecast that Bitcoin would act like a successful startup in accruing new interest and going its own way. Adoption, he argued, would follow a classic S-curve pattern, much in the same way that a startup grows. This would take precedence over investors looking for a hedge against other assets. Quote, Bitcoin will decouple from traditional markets soon, but driven by its internal adoption S-curve, think startup-style growth, rather than changes in perceptions as a hedging instrument by traditional investors fundamentals of user adoption have already broken all-time highs Uh, and it shows here there's there's a chart of a long-term downtrend of the ratio of bitcoin versus gold which has now been broken above and it actually went down to re-meet the that line and bounced off of it indicating that we could see further upside from here in relative terms to gold so whatever bitcoin Bitcoin does uh, if this line holds or rather whatever gold does, Bitcoin would outperform this as long as this uh, line were to hold. So anyways, um, interesting. Again, like Bitcoin, when it gets on a crazy run, yeah, absolutely. It can easily outperform gold. But is that happening now? Time will tell. Of course, I I very much think this feels like the, it's very reminiscent of 2016 right now. Just sentiment, things kind of building and kind of coming to a head. Uh, It feels like 2016 bordering on to 2017, the same kind of things and sentiment and and excitement welling up and interest from people that weren't interested before. Uh, So we shall see. Let's let's hope that uh, this next year uh, very much mirrors what happened in 2017. Anyways, moving on. I have two side-by-side things I want to refer to here and then kind of draw it into a a focal point, a a kind of a point to the whole thing. Anyways, the Russian ministry proposes criminal charges for failure to report crypto tax. Russian Ministry of Finance is continuing to push regulations for the cryptocurrency industry by proposing new tax requirements. The ministry now reportedly wants to introduce criminal liability for failure to declare taxes on crypto, including prison terms of up to three years. According to a September 24th report, uh, the ministry proposes that individuals who fail to report an amount of over 1 million Russian rubles, or $13,000, in annual crypto operations should serve a three-year prison term or hard labor. The ministry also proposed major fines for smaller unreported amounts. Um, as such, any physical or legal entity in Russia would have to report their annual crypto income if its amounts exceed 100,000 rubles, which is around $1,300. Failure to report such amounts are subject to fines of 30% from the total amount of crypto assets held, but no less than 50,000 rubles, which is around $650. Um, again, this is like an upcoming bill. it's It's not yet in action. But I want to contrast here to something out of Israel. Israeli draft bill would nix hefty capital gains taxes on Bitcoin. So uh, the members of the national... uh, Um, But Israel Israel Bitcoiners take note, a handful of Neset members are seeking to ease Israel's hefty taxation on cryptocurrencies. So this draft bill would effectively end Israel's 25% capital gains tax on Bitcoin by redefining certain distributed digital currencies as currency instead of a taxable asset. So this proposed redesignation applies to cryptocurrency. So not all cryptocurrencies, but these are the, the designations. It has to be a distributed issuance network. It has to have a 1 billion shekel or a $288 million, uh, market cap or more. It has to have a general use purpose and it has to be an independent origin story. So I look at that and I think, well, Bitcoin, but they're saying that it might apply to more than just that. Um, Now, this regulatory clarity will create commercial certainty and allow more digital currencies to enter the Israeli market. The law markets wrote in their proposal, defining cryptos as currency would simplify Israeli Bitcoiners tax burden and make qualifying coins a more attractive payment mechanism, according to the measure. Now, again, this is not yet passed. It's unlikely to pass without the backing uh, from members of the majority. But we shall see. The reason I wanted to bring up both of these stories uh, when it comes to clamping down versus easing is it very much relates to a book I read uh, this year that I love. A lot of Bitcoiners are heavily loving uh, called the Sovereign Individual. Okay, and so this book was written in the '90s and very much foreshadowed a lot of the stuff that we actually saw with the rise of a more digital world over the past two decades, and very much. Uh, guessed and kind of uh, predicted the rise of something like Bitcoin, a digital currency that could not be uh, overshadowed by the state. But the interesting part that they started talking about is the idea that uh, the digit digitization of society and also the introduction of a digital currency would very much um, reduce, if not destroy, the power of nation-states over their constituents and that you would start to see nation states start to kind of try to appease their constituents or like almost advertise their services to potential candidates to move to their their constituency Um, and so you now see things like this happening although not on a large scale but you see the kind of dichotomy between you know, countries that are saying, hey, we're going to clamp down on this. You have to tell us everything. If you don't tell us, we're going to take 30%. If you do tell us, uh, we're going to still take our cut. Um, and if you really lie big time, we're going to throw you in jail. And then you have, you know, the the contrast of that saying, hey, maybe we should get rid of taxes on this so more people come here with their capital. So, yeah, you very much have uh, <laughs> very different approaches from different different areas of the world but you do start to see the possibility of people starting to jurisdiction shop which is exactly what the book talks about over time how people will say they won't look at it as as government as well i just have to do what they say they'll look at it more as what's attractive to me and where do i want to be and so in a digital world i, I think that's very much a possibility but hey Who knows? Who knows? Uh, But uh, nonetheless, very interesting book. I recommend you to check it out. Now, kind of in the same vein of regulatory bodies, uh, let's talk a little bit about the SEC and a Bitcoin ETF. Now, this has been tossed around forever. We were talking about it on the show earlier in the week. Um, But I very much think that uh, as we move into a potential new bull run that um, an ETF... Approval could be very much on the horizon in the next year to 18 months. Now, I don't say this as it will be caused by the bull run. I think it's more of a question of I feel kind of this swell of of the stars aligning, and a lot of the good news tends to just happen in the midst of an already existing bull run. I don't know. Things just tend to align that way. I get this feeling that it could be that way again. Anyways, I'm going to read a little bit here and just kind of dive in. Um, In a virtual fireside chat with the DC Bar, SEC Commissioner Hester Pierce criticized the commission's long-standing resistance to a Bitcoin ETF. Moderator Ashley uh, Ebersole asked uh, about the SEC's highly public dissatisfaction with a long series of Bitcoin ETF proposals in the U.S. Pierce, who is often known as a as crypto mom, <laughs> responded with opposition to those rejects. Quote, I've been pretty outspoken about my disagreement with my colleagues on disapproving some of these exchange traded products. Bitcoin is not uniquely volatile as a base investment for an exchange traded fund, Pierce argued. I would like us to look at how we've looked at similar products in the past. many other products that have been uh, that we have are based on products that are messy. She continued. you can still have an orderly product built on top of it. Um, now, Somebody from Gemini Trust uh, continued along the same line of questioning as to what the SEC's concern with a Bitcoin ETF is. Pierce answered, you can't assume that markets are not going to function if they're not subject to the exact same sort of regulation as securities markets are. I do think that Bitcoin markets are mature. There's a lot of money in there now. There's a lot of very sophisticated players in the space, and there's been a lot of work done to regularize uh, the trading with Bitcoin, particularly. I would say that the markets are mature enough to build something else on top of. Um, yeah, and I, again, she's, she's, Hester Pierce has been a, a, not particularly thrilled with the fact that the SEC has continued to reject Bitcoin ETFs. There's been a ton of people that have come out with proposals to get an ETF listed, and they've just been smacked down time after time. Some of them were very well fleshed out, and the reasoning from the SEC was spotty at best. Uh, but I, I I do think we're going to see that turnaround in, in the next year and a half or so. I could be totally wrong, but hey. Let's let's see. Um, let's check in on our node. Let's see. Let's see what happened here. Anyways, uh, okay. Here we go. So we have a number, right here. Total amount. There are, uh, what is this? Eighteen million four hundred ninety-nine thousand six hundred fifty-four point six two seven four four one 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 Bitcoin in existence. Uh, anybody that would have checked that in the same block, I imagine, would get the same answer as myself. But hey, we'll find out in a few blocks when everybody audits all at the same time. Uh, exciting to see, though. I'm very excited for this this audit. Uh, so, if you're looking to audit, if you're running my node, then yeah, just go into the Bitcoin app, click on CLI, and then type in get tx out set info. And wait a couple minutes, you'll have your answer. Um, But wait for block 650,000, okay? (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I wanted to finish up with one other thing here. I've been reading this book. Uh, It's called The Mandibles. And it's fiction, and it's based in a world where... Uh, The U.S. goes into hyperinflation because the world goes off the dollar standard and creates something called the Bangor, which is uh, uh, more of like a... An international currency because they don't trust the U.S. not to inflate their currency, which they obviously have been doing. Um, and yeah, so he, U.S. goes into hyperinflation, and then they go and they default on all their debts as well. And it's like the fallout of this family that was expecting an inheritance, uh, but that inheritance is now effectively worth absolutely nothing because of the fallout of everything that's gone on. Um, I'm only I'm like a like four or five chapters in. I love this book. I don't read a lot of fiction, but I'm super stoked about this book. I'm very excited about it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Now, who knows? The rest could be crap, but from what I've read so far, it's good. It's good. I really, really like it. So if you're in the market for a fiction book, uh, maybe check it out because it's a lot of fun. Anyways, guys, I'm going to wrap up there. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. If you're here on YouTube, do remember to hit like, subscribe, and share. All of those things really matter so much so please do them they really help now if you want to help in another way you can hit the sponsors i mentioned down below lead and remember they got that uh the b2x offer right now crypto cloaks you can grab some awesome swag there and of course there's the kobo vault and remember they got the giveaway so retweet the show tag us both and let us know why you want one um and outside of that if you really loved what you saw you can drop me a bitcoin lightning network tip at my tippin.me page, that is t-i-p-p-i-n.me slash at btc sessions. And with that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful evening, a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you next time for your daily session.